Hello, this is Pamela Lynch, and welcome and thank you for joining us on the Conscious Business Conversation Show. I love how the world works when you're open and unattached to how things show up. I was going to speak about personal responsibility on my last show. During a conversation with Peter Comrie, he invited me to have a conversation about it beforehand. So instead, I invited Peter back on my show to speak to us directly. First, I'd like to introduce Peter properly. Peter Comrie is the co-founder and principal coach with Full Spectrum Leadership, as well as a co-founder of the Values Blueprint. Peter is the leader's coach and a human capital specialist. He became an industrial psychologist more than 30 years ago and has been fascinated by and has studied the human condition. As an entrepreneur, lecturer, scholar, and specialist in human dynamics, Peter dives headlong into everything he believes in and excels at most things he does. Passion and enthusiasm are reflected in his results. Peter, thank you so much for agreeing to come on my show again. Welcome. Well, I'm, I'm, I've been very excited since you invited me back and uh, looking forward to it immensely. And I saw on the homepage of your website, fullspectrumleadership.ca, Full Spectrum Leadership is about taking personal responsibility. And this is something that I've known for a very long time and watch people around you. And you see that a lot of people don't take personal responsibility for their actions and the relationships they're in. And I'd really love to know your deep understanding, because I know this is what your, your business is built around, is about taking personal responsibility. So if you could t talk to us about how, first of all, about what personal responsibility truly is. Well, Pamela, you know, it's, it's as you said, thank you very much. And, and again, thank you for inviting me back on your program. Full Spectrum Leadership is really the tagline that, it, that dictates what it is we do. It's, our tagline is advancing the practice of personal responsibility. Advancing meaning moving forward. The practice, because we'll always be practicing, we're never, ever going to get it done. It's not something that in our lifetime that we ever want to get done because we always want to be in practice about it. So it's advancing the practice of personal because it's incredibly personal responsibility. And the root meaning of that is our ability to respond. And often, uh, Pamela, the whole idea of there's a lot of mystique and, and, and misinformation around what personal responsibility really means. We are ultimately responsible for all that we choose to do. We are responsible for our behavior, we're responsible for how we show up in the world, and in this culture that we have where, you know, it really falls into being victims or victors, stuff is going to happen, and, and as I was taught many, many years ago, it doesn't matter what happens to man, it's what he thinks about it that matters, and what we think about, our choice, of, regardless of what happens, is going to dictate our response to it. And in a world where we are, we are likely more often to react rather than to respond, we get the corresponding result of, of what we were aiming for. As I mentioned to you in a previous conversation, we live by certain laws. You know, we all know that the law of gravity. And if you're going to, you know, step off the roof of the Grand Hotel, you better have a great deal with God. Mm -hmm. or the law of gravity is going to kick in and you're going to hurt. Mm -hmm. But we've compromised the law of gravity because we can fly. But there's other laws equally if not more powerful than the law of gravity that are unassailable and we can't argue with them. One is cause and effect, action, reaction. For every 
cause there is an effect. So this is where the responsibility piece really kicks into to being because we measure, we look at the effects we're having and say, is that the effect I wanted? Now, how do we manage that? We all have causes. Yes, we get that. But the, the, the idea that we become really raise our consciousness around the actions that we are going to take and give consideration to the effect that that's going to create. And I often fun, have fun with some of my clients and some of our students when I say, you know, when I, when I see some of the behavior and I say, I hope I live long enough to, to watch you live the effect of your cause. Mm. And because we're going to live the effect of our cause no matter what. And the question always is, is it the one we were aiming for? Is it the one we want? And as we say often, uh, Pamela, this is where the whole idea of of being able to take the responsibility for all that we cause to happen personally, own it all, you know, show up in it that way, live it that way, be authentic from that place. And the quality of our life is impacted dramatically. Mm-hmm. Well, let me come back to it in another way. I'm often asked, uh, Pamela, in my work when I when I talk about personal responsibility, and I and I and I bring people back to the physics of it. And you know, fundamental physics say that we can't have two things in the same space at the same time. Right. We know that. Mm-hmm. And often, what happens? We're saying, and I, and I say this right again, raising the level of our consciousness. As we become more consciously aware of the impact that we all have in the world and move on that place on having the impact that it is that we want, what in effect we do is minimize the adverse effects to their basic minimum. Again, the more conscious we are, uh, the more the, the effect that we're, that we're aiming for is the one that actually arrives. Mm-hmm. And there's a, you know, there's a plethora of magnificent new writing around today, here in this time in the 20th century, 21st century rather, that supports this hypothesis all the time. And at a time when, you know, things are changing so dramatically, the, 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 the whole aspect of the impact that we're having in the world and in our, in our space becomes very important. For example, you know, we've wrestled in the word of sustainability back from the environmentalists. And we use it in every aspect of everything we do. You know, in our business, we look at our business and say, is the way I'm running my business and operating my business sustainable? Is what I am doing that touches the environment sustainable? Is the way I consume uh, products and, and the, the stuff that we have in our home, is that, is, are we, is that sustainable? And are we working to help and support the environment? This one planet that we all live on, and most of the, you know, the Industrial Revolution, Pamela, was the idea that we had, we had unfettered uh, expansion, thinking that we had infinite resources. Mm-hmm. And clearly we know now in the 20th century, that's a fallacy. We all have to survive on this magnificent spinning orb in space. And to do that and be considerate of, of everybody on the planet, then we become a little more responsible for, you know, what we consume. And, and you know, the the 21st century, which was the, the age of self, 
and we measured how well we were doing by how much we acquired, mm. how much stuff we had, how much money we had, how much stuff could we buy. There was that old laughter going around in the 90s that he's the guy with the most toys wins. Well, that's kind of gone out of the window today because many people in the wave of responsibility that's, that's coming into place have said, hold it just a second. If we want our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren to experience this life in a magnificent way, we then, as a society, must take more responsibility for what it is we're leaving them. Mm -hmm. And this is the beginning of a new wave of responsibility and a new wave of consideration, Pamela. And once we're on that, it touches every single thing we do. If you can, you know, as, as our friend Howard Rickon says, how you do one thing, so we do everything. Exactly. And the more that we move to that place, taking responsibility, being considerate, uh, being conscious, raising our level of awareness, all of that has an incredibly positive impact in our, in our life system and in the legacy we're leaving. Mm -hmm. I know that there's lots of people, they're more aware, they're more conscious, and they're, they're conscious of all of these things, but there's still a far greater number of people who are not aware and who still don't take personal responsibility. So is there a, something that we as individuals can do to just help move this message out faster and wider? Because it's we need to do something now. Yes, Pamela, that is. But let me just let me just put throw something in here if I can first. We have to be ever conscious that mankind is actually one of the newest species on the planet. Hmm. You know, we haven't been here very long. When you think of it in thousands, tens of thousands of years, we haven't been walking upright in a conscious. We've gone back over the history with Homo sapiens and Homo erectus, and really, be, you know, if we just agree for a moment that, let's say, for example, we've been walking upright for about forty thousand years. Mm -hmm. If we've only been walking upright, so let's say, just agree for forty thousand years, right. you're one of the youngest species on the planet. And I say this to my students, like cockroaches, for example, are millions of years older than we are. Like they've been around forever. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, a lot smarter when it comes to knowing how to survive. Mm -hmm. Like they do. So, but we have this argument to think that we're the pinnacle of evolution. But in effect, what we are is one of the youngest species on the planet. And I, and I say to my students and my clients, we're like the errant teenager of species. Mm -hmm. Because look at our behavior. We consume way more than we need. We leave a mess wherever we go. In fact, our biggest physical contribution to the planet is our ability to create garbage. Right? Mm -hmm. We have a, we have massive distribution problems. We haven't sort of sorted out really how to get along. So, good grief, Pamela, with many nations, they're still fighting over dirt. Mm -hmm. right. How silly is that? And yeah. we know how daft that is. Mm -hmm. But. The nice thing about teenagers, and anyone who's had them knows this to be true, they eventually do grow up. Mm. And we as a species will also evolve with a higher level of consciousness. I am incredibly optimistic about the leadership of the future. Yeah. I'm very fortunate having, having a, a relationship with UBCO, uh, and I see these magnificent, brilliant, bright young leaders of tomorrow who are fearless, you know, they, they were born into high-technology high age, they know how to make it work, they've got friends all over the world, you know, they say, you know, you know Mr. Comrie, what do you mean we're going to argue with someone just because they believe something different than we do? Like, how silly is that? Mm -hmm. Pull out the Facebook, and they got friends of every nationality. So, the whole, that whole thing is going to go by the wayside, because it should. Mm -hmm. Nationalism, which is, you know, you know, killed 
countless millions of people. When in nature, borders don't exist. We made them up and then we start fighting as if the border that we made up were true. It's not true. And, and this tear down, this is why, you know, I look at the, the social media, for example, that we see emerging in this time of the 21st century. It's one of the most magnificent tools we've ever had because it has brought what's going on around the world to our immediate attention mm-hmm. and is asking something of us. What is it doing to our consciousness? What is it doing to our awareness? Mm-hmm. You know, um, nature's taught us one thing, Pamela, the dinosaurs do die. And these, and it's not as much the people of the dinosaur or the paleolithic age, it's more a paleolithic thinking that for people trying to hold it in the old paradigm who are, you know, desperately holding on to their last breath of something that's not going to work or ever come back mm-hmm. is going to be replaced by these new generations of phenomenal kids who mm-hmm. I believe are going to lead us to, um, you know, lead themselves rather to a magnificent world. And, and I'm very optimistic about what our children and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going to be experiencing because I see the pockets mm-hmm. of it. The seeds are being sown. Mm-hmm. As you know, Pamela, seeds must do what seeds must do. Mm-hmm. And they will take root and grow. They will, most certainly. <laughs> so when you ask me what our responsibility is and in that, is one being aware, you know, conducting ourselves as if we're rising in our consciousness as well, moving forward and maybe clearing the way, getting some of the dead brush out of the way for this new leadership and this, these new attitudes to arise mm-hmm. and make it safer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been around a long time. Let's get, you know, the, as I said, gently and lovingly and compassionately, the Paleolithic attitudes that we know didn't work in the previous centuries and, in fact, most of the industrial age. And let's move into, you know, give them the space for them to excel and go. I believe then that we, that's responsibility, part one part, and I believe would serve humanity in a great way. Mm-hmm. The young children, they've, they've seen their parents, you know, not survive through working for one corporation for their whole lives. And they're, the conversation that happens a lot is that they believe in entrepreneurship and they believe in finding the leaders and mentors and being able to uh, learn from them and, you know, for us to step forward as the role models that we are and, and need to be so that they have a clear way is uh, pretty amazing. And with leadership, there is a a line on your website that spoke about the leaders and the victims and that the leaders, they take personal responsibility to turn those those victims into leaders. And I don't know the exact quote. It's a quote from a friend of mine, Ross Quinn, that says, the world's got enough victims. What we're desperately short of is victors. What we're short of is more leaders. Mm -hmm. Now, let me be very clear here, Pamela. And we've been doing the research for over 32 years. And the numbers don't vary very much, but it's still okay. Like, it's, that's what I mean. We have to be very, you know, careful that we don't skew things in, in a way that sort of deserves our story, but really recognizes much of the conditions and circumstances in, in which our culture finds itself in. Today, because it takes a long time to change our mind. Think about this for a moment. You know, think how difficult it is to change our own mind, never mind trying to change someone else's mind. Mm-hmm. Right? So when we're in that place, we know full well that the numbers clearly show that 97% of the population want to be led. Mm-hmm. That's why we have bus drivers and, and mechanics and plumbers and pipe fitters and candlestick makers. 
and baristas and the people that serve us, 97% of the population, because culturally, that's what we created. Mm-hmm. And they want to be led by people that they trust. Only 3%, Pamela, mm-hmm. of the population are even eligible to be in the conversation about personal responsibility and leadership. Right. And then the Pareto principle kicks in. That's the 80-20 rule. And of the 3%, only 20% of them, which is 0.6 of 1% of the population, will actually do something about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I've invited many people over the years to go and just check their own life and all the people that they know, do an audit, and see how many people are being led by someone or someone else. How many of their friends and associates and acquaintances are talking about leadership and personal responsibility? How many people are actually doing it? And Pamela, it's scary how accurate those numbers are. Mm -hmm. So we know then the leaders still today are a very small percentage of the population. But what we get to do in our story and our expectation and in the age of immediate transparency and, and immediate data collection, vis-a-vis the internet, and because we kind of are who Google say we are, we get to raise the bar on the conversation for leaders because we can we can ask poignant, much more poignant questions. You see, Pamela, before the internet, or before Google, actually, when media was all controlled, radio, television, newspaper, were all controlled medias, here at this time in the 20th century with the internet, there's no controls on it whatsoever. One of the things that worked in the old paradigm was informational asymmetry, where authorities are in, uh, had way more information than the populace did, and it was subject to abuse. Mm-hmm. Now, because of the transparency and clarity that we get with the modern technologies of social media, we are got a greater degree of informational parity. We have a very smart and becoming more and more educated and more and more conscious populace. So the, the, the quality of the dialogue must change as a consequence of that. Then we start to ask better questions. And if we're not, we're able to then validate the answers that we're getting because we've got such transparency. You know, as I said to someone recently, you know, in the 07, 08, or 08, 09 financial realignment when, you know, uh, you know, really corrupted system were dump, dumping toxic investments into the marketplace. There's no place for those buggers to hide anymore because as soon as they do it, it's being checked out. And like in within hours, often, but certainly within a few days, uh, they're scoped inside, outside, outside and backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and boom, it's out there. You know, there was a bank in Britain trying to do it just in the in the fall of, of 2013. And literally within 24 hours, they got busted. Mm-hmm. So we know then that the dynamic of all that is changing that causes the conversation to change. The quality of the conversation rises and the quality of the questions get better. Mm-hmm. And it all leads uh, to taking it personally, what's our place in the conversation. Then we are able to respond to that personally, that is again personal responsibility. Asking better questions and then to help shift people's thinking so that they can they can ask better questions of themselves because I think that that's also where it needs to occur. People who are are the leaders asking really great questions and then people will in turn look inward to ask those questions of themselves as well and, and come up with answers that they like instead of just 
brushing everything under the rug and burying their head in the sand because we, we can't do that anymore. We're, uh, we're moving forward and at a very rapid pace. I mean, people, ch things are changing so quickly now. Delightfully so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, you know, for our listeners, is there, is there a really great question that, that you could ask of them that they can ask for themselves about the personal responsibility that might help shift them just a little bit? Well, Pamela, that's one of the, um, and that's just what a great indication that is. If we had a day for us to talk, I'd <laughs> fill 24 hours with that, yeah. without any hesitation whatsoever. Really what it comes down to is taking that look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Looking ourselves closely and directly into our own eyes and say, am I taking responsibility for how I show up in the world? Yeah. Am I taking responsibility for the quality of my conversation, the quality of my language, the tone of my language? Do I move in the world recognizing that as we waste something, it can never be recovered? Mm -hmm. uh, am I using what I need or am I using in excess of what I need to satisfy something else that's going on in my world? It becomes an incredible self-esteem issue, Pamela, because what I've witnessed in the decades I've been doing my work, the more that we take responsibility for our place in the universe, the more our esteem rises. In the 21st 20th century, we had a, 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 a massive epidemic amount of low self-esteem. And I said to someone the other day, it's not so much that we had low self-esteem, it's that we had low other esteem. Is that we were more concerned about what other people thought about us than what we thought about ourselves. Mm. Uh, and this is a very important consideration because I know from my spiritual background, God made no accident. And there's no such thing as a broken person. Yet, culturally, we make judgments and we know that judgments are, are never true, ever, 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 because all judgments are based on partial evidence and scant information at best. But mm. when we start acting as if we were true, if you say, well, hold on just a second. Am I looking, am I responsible? Do I take consideration for the environment I'm in, with the relationships that I have? Do I bring goodness and great quality experience to them? Uh, and, you know, this is tough sometimes for people to, to look at themselves that way because where do they get the invite to do that in the regular course of living when everyone, you know, I can't remember the philosopher that says, it, be considerate of people because everyone is is living a life of quiet desperation. Mm. And, and there's a lot of stuff going on out there that can detract us from a better quality of thought. But everything we do, Pamela, is based on the thoughts we have and the quality of those thoughts in harmony. Mm -hmm. So if I were to invite your folks, it's not to take on a big, you know, you bake, eat an elephant one little bite at a time. And it is, this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. But to start somewhere, just ask, like, keeping a journal. You know, what is the quality of my thought? Listening to ourselves when we're in conversation, to the things that we said and, and consider that. My grandfather, who was a brilliant man, Pamela said this to me when I was very young, and I wrote it in my book. Yeah, I paraphrased it, but I wrote this quote in my book. Forgiveness is giving up all hope for a better yesterday. And when I look around to see the amount of pain and anxiety people carry with them, the, of something that they can change, but feel guilty about or feel poorly about, which is just a choice. Remember, we choose what we think. And that then has a, a defining influence on the quality of their experience. If I were to say anything to them, it would be this. 
You can't change anything that happened yesterday. There's no facts in the future. The only time you have is right now. Let that stuff go. Get mm -hmm. rid of it. Get it. Clean it from your system. You wake up every morning. The thought you have is going to determine the quality of your day. You do that day after day after day after day. And what you have is a consequence of that. Pamela is just a much better life. Mm -hmm. And I believe that when you begin this journey, it, it, there's no going back. You say yes to to personal responsibility and you take yes to the responses that knowing that you're responsible for your responses in the world and there's there's you're, there's just straight ahead there's just loving this minute and dealing with this minute and responding in this minute yes mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. and if, I, if i were to throw a caveat and i was having a conversation with some students recently and we, I was discussing with them what the new, the newest genre of television programming that's in the world today. And of course, we all said reality TV, which is true. You know, we've found a cheap way to uh, uh, create television programming, and it's really culturing voyeurism. Uh, but they're all based on one premise. Although most re most uh, reality-based television, Pamela, is based on one premise, and that premise is rejection. Mm. Rejection. The one thing that people hate more than absolutely anything. And we've made, uh, you know, people spend countless hours in their week watching other parole people being rejected from television programs like, you know, they, they got voted out of here or kicked off of there and, and they sit and say, oh, thank God it's not me. But what it does is it detracts them from having conversations in a much more detailed and loving way, reading the stuff that's important to read. And again, you know, I'm not telling anyone how to live their life, but in the order of how we spend this incredibly valuable thing called our living experience, we don't have much time to waste it on rubbish like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like you've said before, you know, time's the one thing that we can never get back. We have this, yes. this moment right here, right now, and we just, we this is what we have. I really thank you for being here with me today and sharing uh, all of your knowledge and your brilliance, uh, you know, <laughs> that uh, I am so appreciative of um, you coming on the show and, and sharing this with us. So uh, is there any last words you'd like to leave with the listeners? Well, Pamela, you know, it's to you in this one. Uh, you step out, uh, you step into a role of leadership with your show and how you show up in the world and space. You're brave. You have seen you uh, go into places that would scare the living bejesus out of most people. And you take, you, you push yourself to new edges. And as a consequence of that, I get to witness you living a, 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 an experience that I know you're just happy with. I can tell that just mm -hmm. by the smile on your face. Mm -hmm. So if most people know, get to know Pamela, I would say, you know, you'll see that in her. If you don't know her, get to know her for sure, for sure. She's a great coach. She's a great leader. And, you know, that's really what it is. What steps must they take uh, to move themselves down that pipe a little bit further? And uh, I would say to everyone, you know, you know, connect with Pamela. Make sure you're linked with her on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook, whatever medium she's using. She's the easiest girl in the world to find. <laughs> and uh, have fun with her, because I certainly do. Thanks <laughs> for letting me, you know, get back with you on this program, Pamela. I'm always here to serve, and I look forward to them every time I get to do it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Peter. And uh, the people can get in touch with Peter through his website, Full Spectrum Leadership. .ca. So thanks again, Peter. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye.